Hello and welcome to A Sporting Discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I'm Andrew Donison and I'm joined by a man who is eyeballs deep in NRL statistics, AJ Miffin. Hello, AJ. May have been a bit tardy in getting my preparation ready, Andrew. This week, we welcome a very, very, very special guest, head of the WNBL, Sally Phillips. We'll have a chat about how her first season in charge has gone, how the WNBL is tracking and what lies ahead. It's also business time for Aussie Hoops in the WNBL playoffs and the NBL finals. As expected... Australia mopped the floor with a hatless India in the first test in Pune. We all saw that coming, so we'll just gloss over that. And much, much more as usual. Remember, Castaway Awards. AJ. There's three weeks left to vote for a sporting discussion in the Australian Podcast Awards, a.k.a. the Castaway Awards. Now, here's the most important bit. We're currently on 23, almost, almost double our goal of 12. Which, look, in hindsight, maybe we maybe we aimed a bit short, but we are a mere eight hundred and fifty-four votes behind the leader. I reckon we can do it. Work to do, but yep. yeah, what, right. what I reckon we're twenty years away. We can do it. <laughs> How do you eat the elephant, Andrew? One bite at a time. Yeah. Thanks everyone for voting. Uh, we do have a secret goal that we're not going to tell you. That if we hit that secret goal, we have a special secret surprise for listeners that we will reveal live during recording of an episode in late March. And don't forget that we always want your input. You can get us on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or go to facebook.com slash a sporting discussion to make sure you have your say on the big sporting issues of the week. Now, AJ... Our very, very special guest has been sitting patiently here in <laughs> ASD Stadium. Enough talking about ourselves. We want to introduce our very special guest host for the episode 49. It is Sally Phillips. Sally, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you for having me along, guys. Now, for our listeners, I'll just run through a big set of dot points right here about Sally Phillips. 193 WNBL games over a decade with the Australian Institute of Sport, the Melbourne Tigers, the Dandenong Rangers and the Adelaide Lightning. Uh, Sally was part of Australia's first ever basketball gold medal at a World Championships, which was the Junior World Champs in 1993 in Seoul, Korea. She played for the Opals, probably the first Australian representative to appear on the podcast. Is that right, Andrew? I think we can scrap probably, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, and then off the court, uh, Sally was commercial operations manager at Dandenong Basketball Association, I think it was. Yes, that's right. And since the end of August last year, Sally has been head of the WNBL and it's in that capacity that we are joined by the wonderful Sally Phillips. Thank you for coming Thank onto the show. Thank you guys for pumping up my tyres. <laughs> um, it's nice to have some positive things said about uh, the WNBL. Oh, we're looking forward to it. It's <laughs> going to be a great show. Shall we get into it? Yes. Yes, we should. I'm not looking forward to this first section, AJ. Confirmations and corrections. Oh, dear. Proudly brought to you by Ultimate AFL Trivia. Search for them on Facebook. Blah, 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 blah. AJ, oh, you, you were... I'm just going to get to it. You were all clear, weren't you? I'm all clear for 2017, Andrew. What did I do? Um, who do you go for? Hawthorne. Who do you go in the AFL? I go for Hawthorne. Yeah, you're a pretty big Hawthorne fan, aren't yep. you? Who's yep. the current captain at Hawthorne? Well, it's not Luke Hodge, like I said last week. Oh, <laughs> it's Jared Ruffhead. That is right up there with my... That is, that's worse no, than that's, my Jared and uh, Jason Croker mix Yeah, up. that's the worst <laughs> uh, confirmation that's pretty, or correction that I've had to do. That's pretty poor. Yep. So apologies to everyone. Um, let's move on because we don't need to dwell on that. AJ, the WNBL finals are underway and what better person to talk about that than <laughs> not you, not I, but nope. Sally Phillips. Yeah, it was, um, it was an amazing first round. I think uh, I was lucky enough to be in Sydney for their victory uh, against the Townsville Fire and it wasn't seeing really 111 a victory, points. it was a, a oh. spifflicating. Do we, do we dare say it was a torching of the fire, eh? Yeah. yeah I'll show, I'll show I myself like out. Yep. Yep. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so you, so, so you, you were there? Yeah, I was lucky enough to be there. And so 111 points the uh, Flames mm. scored, which Yikes. we figured out Monday morning was actually a record uh, highest score ever by a team in a WNBL final. Wow. So it was, um, it was pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, they, they were, I think, something like 49 points up at one stage and then... You know, just took the foot off the gas uh, a little bit at the end <laughs> for, for, what, a 43-point victory or 42, something? Just 42. What a complete demolition. And it was not really um, – people weren't expecting that kind of result, no, were they, you, you, yeah. you'd, you'd never expect a result like that in a final, especially yeah. not coming up against, you know, double two-time champions in the in the fire. So, yeah. um, and four-time – three-time, four-time MVP Susie Batkovic. 
Yeah, four. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Jeez. yeah, it was it was not expected, but gee, you know they. It's just one of those games. How fantastic is it to come out in a final and just everyone was on fire? You know, Alex Wilson's dropping threes and uh, they could do no wrong. So it was, yeah, it was awesome to watch. Yeah, crowd were loved it too. Yeah, they did. They're, um, <laughs> it was sold out too. So um, oh, really great stuff for the for the league. So I think you know, close to a thousand people at fit in Brighton Stadium. So mm. it was really good for the people in Sydney to get behind the Flames. They're they're an amazing team. You know, you've got people like Leilani Mitchell and Asia Taylor, and mm. you know, WNBA quality athletes mm. that are in our back door, in our backyard, and we get to watch every week. So. Yeah, the standard of the league just yeah blows me away every week. I'm really proud. I was going to say the the crowd, like being a you know a huge crowd there and sell out crowds. That's not a, a rarity in the last couple of yeah. years, in particular for the WNBL. Like since it's not been shown on ABC, the the figures have they I think they increased by thirty percent last year. I'm not sure what the the crowd figures are this year, but there's been a, a huge increase over the last two years, which is great. Yeah, there really has. It's um great that the fans have been getting behind the game and you know we we're all we've all been really saddened by the fact that our fans you know have not been able to see the game on tv because mm. it's it's a you know we all look those in basketball know how great the league is so um for those people that yeah know the game really well it's globally elite so we, we you know we we rank ourselves sort of that top two or three leagues in the world mm. so for people around australia to not be able to see it week in week out on television is frustrating for all of us, but you know what? We've sort of had to move on from that the last couple of years mm-hmm. and our, our clubs are doing a great job in, um, you know, providing an entertainment, you know, entertaining game for our fans. So, yeah, for all those people that have been getting behind it and, and rocking up to stadiums every week is really good. And the, the things like the the Melbourne Boomers having the the Melbourne Cup Eve and the Australia Day Eve matches uh, against Dandenong, you know, sort of like building that up as, as a thing, like the you know the hometown uh, lacrosse town rivals and having that regular game every year. Things like that can only do wonders for uh, for the game in Melbourne. Yeah, it does. In you know, all the studies out there show that fans love rivalries, yep. so that mm-hmm. um, that bullying. Uh, Oh, oh, I'm showing my I'm showing my age. I've still got to as long as I don't say we when I say Danny Nong, then hopefully I'll be okay. No, Mel, look, Melbourne Boomers have done an extraordinary job this year. Mm-hmm. Those those that Cup Eve game and the Australia Day Eve game, which uh, I think was a around two six, yep. you know, mm. for the for the crowd, which you know outside of finals is is brilliant and they've really they've done an extraordinary job of connecting with the grassroots clubs so you know working really closely with basketball victoria and and connecting into a, a lot of those local associations it's it's amazing to see how many different jerseys you'll see at a melbourne boomers game with um all the kids coming from all over uh to come along and and watch and you know you the girls stay out on court after the game, which uh, I think the Boomers did a survey recently and that was the number one thing the fans said that keeps them coming back. The fact that, you know, boys and girls after the game can get up front and close and personal with their heroes and, and they love it. And it shows with the crowd numbers that they bring in every no, you week. Don't, you don't get that in a lot of other comps too, where you're able to actually engage with the person you've just seen, you know, do the thing you want them to do properly. And with the the Boomers in particular, they've got two pretty handy names. Like Lauren Jackson sort of came back in on in a board uh, capacity. She but took, did she take your old job, Lauren Jackson? Did she go in as chief operations? No, I was, at Dan, I was with the Rangers. Oh, sorry, yeah, so, I'm confused myself. Yeah, sim, same, sorry, sorry. same title, yeah. just yeah. See, different. I told you my and, research but, was off. And um, <laughs> and because I, I I spoke to Justin Nelson before uh, the the season, and he was saying that um, Michelle Timms, she always just hangs around as well. And like you know, kids to see two legends of the mm-hmm. the game, it's very rare to be able to do that. Yeah, it is, and you know, people like Timsy, like I've got two daughters, and. They st- ever they know who Michelle Timms is. She's oh, yeah. just she's mm. she's just an absolute cult hero in basketball. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, in basketball terms. You know, growing up, I adored her, and now you know my kids still know who she is. She's um she's fantastic, and being a bullying boomer herself, you know, that was the club that she played all her juniors mm. at. She has a really close affiliation with the club, and and is very supportive and. 
Um, you know, the, the MVP is win, of the Boomers, you know, wins the Michelle Timms medal. Brittany Smart mm. won that last week. So it's so good to see our past greats still heavily involved and passionate about the league. Absolutely. Now, speaking of uh, close relationships to clubs, Dandenong played Perth in the other final, uh, on the other playoff, we call it. We don't know the finals yet on the weekend, uh, knocking them over 73-66. But... They led by 25, so that seven-point ending is basically because the Rangers left early to beat the traffic. Um, <laughs> uh, so what did you make of that game? Did you get a catch-up on that one? or? Yeah, no, so I've watched a little bit and gone, mm. yeah, gone through stat. And again, I think the Rangers, it sounds like they were very much along the similar lines to Sydney. They just came out and they were on fire. I think Steph Cumming had 20 on, on points really quickly. So, mm. you know, they're the sort of team that when they're on, they are on and so hard to beat. So, yeah, they... um. Yeah, maybe took the, the foot off the pedal a little bit mm. at the end there. And, you know, all credit to Perth who didn't give up, which is mm. great to see. You know, potentially it could have blown out to a bigger score, but they clearly hung in there and, and made a really good contest of it. So, yeah, yeah Friday I've... night's going to be really interesting as we cross back to uh, well, the away final. Well, that's the thing. Game two in both best of three series are both on this Friday night in Townsville and Perth. Townsville hosting Sydney Uni and Perth hosting Denonong. Can the hosts turn it around? Yeah, look, I really think you know you don't make the finals if you're if you're not if you you know you're an average team. Mm. So for Townsville, you know, when any team that's got a Susie Bakovic in it, you, you can never discount. She's yep. just had another stellar season. Mm. So um, yeah, I think um, the Fire will be really really keen to turn that around. Their their crowds and their. Uh, their home stadium, it's, it's a fantastic atmosphere. They'll be loud, they'll be noisy, they'll be so supportive. It'll probably sell out. So, you know, you'll get well and truly over two and a half, three thousand people there. So, uh, yeah, I think um, the Flames will be heading into, heading into yeah. a big contest. Yeah, things, get, things can get a bit rowdy up in the North Queensland uh, crowds, can't they? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> they also get rowdy over in Perth. The, yeah. the Perth crowd yeah. in particular love... Their basketball, like their, I, I still remember the like the Perth Wildcats. You know their thirty-one final series in a row, but so being successful helps. But I remember when it was on Channel Ten back in the nineties. Like they just had full crowds every week, and the WNBL is the same. Like Perth crowds just go. Perth's playing in the sports. <laughs> There's a Perth yep. team. We're going. We're, we're, we're there. <laughs> They're incredible. Yeah, they do. They've and then you know they've had so much success, haven't they, in the Wildcats program? So mm. yeah, with um, the Wildcats now sort of linked in with the Lynx team and and managing that program, they're again they're another club that yeah are moving in moving ahead in leaps and bounds, and uh, it's great to see. So yeah, I'm I, I honestly couldn't pick. I, I mm. wouldn't want to put money on on <laughs> either team to uh, to well, win. That's good. I'd, yeah, because so Andrew's I'm, Andrew's on Sydney because as a Hawthorne fan, he loves a front runner. <laughs> and a multi- multiple title That's... winner. <laughs> I'm well, like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll leave that one righto. <laughs> no, you said that a couple of weeks ago. I'll never forget. Um, I'm on Perth because a sporting discussion is friends with uh, Perth guard Tanaya Phillips. Um, so good luck, Tanaya, on the weekend. And uh, Sally is unofficially, of course, Dandenong. <laughs> oh, you're going to get me in really Unof- big trouble. Uh, we said unofficially. It took me it took me a couple of months <laughs> when I first started in my role. Every time we'd be talking, I'd say we. So I finally <laughs> stopped doing that. So well, we yeah, won't let's not me, that. let's not me get me in any more it hot water. Be, it must be like you said. It must have been really hard though, because you were there what eight years as a player. Give yeah, or take. yeah. So I think. I think of all my games, I think 111 were at Dandenong. Mm. So yeah, and then clearly working there for another three years. Yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah, Being so in-depth with the community in my... and that, like all the clubs have to be. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, um, extracting, extracting yourself, I was separating yourself from that yeah. must have been really yeah. tough. Yeah, well, it was. It was really difficult for a while. But, yeah, no, I've, I've been able to move past that now mm. and it's great that I get to represent the eight clubs now and, yeah, yeah try and take this league to where we need to be. Yeah, and we're going to grill you about that a little bit yeah, later on in the show. Yeah, looking forward to it. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll just quickly touch on the the men's side of the equation, the NBL grand final, Perth against Illawarra. Perth victorious in game one, 89-77. And yeah, did it with they, a leg in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, that, they, as they tend to do over in Perth in final series. Yeah, and so they're <laughs> up to Illawarra for the next game. It's a best of five, isn't it? Yeah, the, best of five this year, Yeah, um, which is good. You've got to, um, got to be able to afford to have a five-game final series, I guess. But uh, it's, you know, no one's complaining about it. 
And we, yeah, I this. saw in the uh, – so I I do a, a bit on um, Triple R on Monday mornings and I got my teams confused when I was talking about an <laughs> AFL women's match between GWS and Fremantle where they were both wearing a white jumper and white shorts and eventually at halftime someone – you know, threw out some some black shorts for one mm-hmm. of the team to wear, but I got the teams completely wrong. We've got yeah. a similar situation in this final. First, don't and Illawarra we, AJ? both wear black and red. Illawarra have a little bit of white, but it was pretty bloody hard to work out who was who. So, as the head of a league, <laughs> Sally, if you saw something like that on telly or when you're courtside and someone runs out, do you are you within your rights to uh, get on your phone or buttonhole the uh, team manager and say, "Hey, sort this out"? Yeah, look, you'd, you'd like to think you'd be a bit more organised before the game, so yeah. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, rocking up on game day and making someone go and change their jerseys isn't ideal. So, mm. look, you know, in the WNBL for us, it's it's not an issue. We've teams have got a home and away set to mm. avoid those clashes. So, uh, it's pretty pretty easy to know what colour everyone's going to be in home well, and away. You'd so. so you'd hope so anyway. So, yeah, I don't think we'll need to worry about that. Hey, well, we're professional in the WNBL. Those sorts of things don't happen in our league. True. <laughs> All right, Andrew, we'll leave the NBL there because uh, five games, we'll come back to that at a later date. We've still got a bit of time. AJ, before we get into grilling Sally with our tough questions, <laughs> our renowned brand of tough questions here on I've a sporting discussion. The wet lettuce. Don't worry. <laughs> there, there are some WNBL awards that have recently been announced that we just want to give a shout out to. Yes. Uh, Cheryl Chambers of the Sydney Uni Flames uh, won Coach of the Year. Understandable, Sally. I think they went 18 and 6. Yeah, yeah. She's had a, a great uh, comeback into the league as a coach again. Yeah. And done it really tough too, Cheryl. Like sort of fly that uh, flag for for fellow females out there that are trying to you know build careers in sport. You know she's still a mum and she's travelled back and forth doing the you know the trek to Sydney and family are still based at home in Melbourne. So mm. it's it's a massive achievement what she's what she's done and pretty bloody hard work. Yeah, yeah, you know her husband and her kids have been really supportive of it. It's a really lo- it's a lovely story that yeah she's been able to go and. It can be really tough for a female to chase those career dreams sometimes, especially, you know, when you're, you're a wife and you're a mum and mm. it can all get a bit blurry and hard sometimes. So it's a, just an awesome story. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. Well, if she lives in Melbourne, let's try to grab her. Yeah, we get her on as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, another one from Melbourne, uh, Monique Conti of the Boomers uh, won the Betty Watson Rookie of the Year Award. Now, she's only 17. Uh, was a member of the World Championship Under-17s team. Uh, mm-hmm. That was early last year, wasn't it? Yep. Jeez, yep. that has flown. Yeah. Wow. I remember we, when we were talking about that. Um, so she's well and truly on the path to good things in basketball. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Monique, Sally? Yeah, actually, yeah. She, look, she's a, she's a great little athlete. She, um, you know, she, she's been a part of that gold medal winning Sapphires team last mm. year and, you know, they beat the US, I think, was it in the semi-final before that yeah. gold medal game, mm. which is the first time, I think, in history of that 17s that that's happened. So, uh, went, on, went on to an All-Star 5, you know, performance in that group. So, she can clearly play. So, uh, I'm really excited to see where her where, where her career will go and hopefully winning an award like this will really boost her confidence. It's, it's always hard as a kid coming through into a WNBL team when you're playing with, you know, senior athletes and uh, can be a little bit daunting. So it's been great to see her get a little bit more court time as the year's gone on and her confidence has grown. So, yeah, she's really someone to look out for. Oh, excellent. And we will keep an eye out. Now, the last rule, well, I'll say last, but there's a couple to come early next week, or late next week, I think it is. Um, Mariana Tolo of the, I think it's Uni of Canberra Capitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to refer to them as the Canberra Capitals, but they're not that anymore. <laughs> um, won the Robin Maher Defensive Player of the Year Award. Uh, that was just announced today, uh, which today being the 28th of February 2017, because this is a podcast, I well, keep forgetting. Yep. Yes. <laughs> no live breaking news, remember? No, no live breaking news. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mariana's been around for a while and uh, is a hell of a player. Yeah, she really is. Uh, I got to chat to her a little bit on Saturday night at the Flames game and it's incredible. You forget how tall these athletes are too. <laughs> so, yeah, she's had an outstanding year and she's... um. 
she's been fantastic for the WNBL. She genuinely cares about it and is really passionate and we get to have lots of chats and, you know, she wants to help out where she can and, you know, really keen on giving back to a league that's provided her with a lot. Uh, you know, we, we recognise the WNBL sort of that breeding ground for our Opals and she's had that recent Opals, you know, success mm. making that team. So, yeah, it's uh, great to see someone like her rewarded with this um, with this great award. Yeah. Now, there's a couple more. Um, league MVP and the All-Star 5 are being awarded next week. And, That's correct. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll we announce won't, We won't them. preempt anything. <laughs> no, no, I will not give any hints. So, yeah, we'll announce <laughs> those next week and, yeah, look forward to, to celebrating at Game 1 of the Grand Final Series. We're hoping to get as many of those All-Star 5 and the MVP along to that game and recognise them hopefully in front of a really big crowd wherever that Game 1 might be. Yeah. That'll be great. Good. Yeah. Well... That's you know that that's all the the, the fluffy enough uh, nice happy so let's bring it on let, let, let's get there <laughs> so so you came to the position uh, head of the WNBL with a fair few challenges in front of you no TV coverage a need for more sponsorship and, and all the issues that come with that How have you found your first season in, at the helm yeah look it's it's yeah. I did come into that role knowing that we had those challenges ahead. So, you know, there's no denying. Everyone knows what they are. We talk about them all the time. I guess when I started, though, the season was literally beginning. So Mm -hmm. there wasn't really a whole lot. You know, I couldn't come in and try and save the world in a couple of weeks before the season kicked off. So I guess for me it's been spending a lot of time with our clubs, getting to know the GMs, you know, getting to know the athletes and being able to just, yeah, get around and see games. So the thing that struck me the most is how talented our league is. So, uh, you know, we talk about that all the time that I think that's the thing that I don't want to say surprised me because I've been in the game for a very long time, but I'm literally blown away when I go to games. I think this has been one of the most outstanding seasons talent-wise that we've seen in a very long time. So whilst we're facing all those challenges off the court, I think the thing that stands us in such good stead moving forward is it's just a super league. And, you know, when... People talk about how great games are, you know, maybe they're adding a little bit of sugar to it, but I'm genuinely not. Like, Mm. we, people that know basketball know that we've got a globally elite league, you know, we're we're Mm. ranked second or third, you know, some argue EuroLeague, some say us, depends on who you speak to, but... Mm. We've got a globally elite league in a sport that's played all around the world. So yeah, with mass participation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, participation's huge. So I think, you know, globally it's, I think, believed ranked two and same in Australia. So participation mm. for, we're ranked number two just behind soccer. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, things that are great. There's so many positives about our game and unfortunately, yeah, people seem to just want to dwell on the couple of negatives that mm. we face in the league right now. But I try not to dwell on that stuff because uh, with, yeah, with the amazing amount of talent that we've got, only good things can happen. You know, people are going to start to just take note of how strong the league is. Yeah, and like those, the, the top, those top two sports that are played around the world in Australia, they're, they're so simple. It's, you just need a ball. Uh, you know, you see there's, there's courts all around the place and it's just a bunch of kids going down and just having a pick-up game. It's not of it, that's not as prevalent in, in Australia as America, but you still do see it at all the schools on weekends. It's just a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. some of them kicking a soccer ball and some of them are shooting a basketball around. It's really great. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, I, where, I, where I live, you know, I'm often out walking the dogs and, yeah, you do, you, you do genuinely see kids are out there playing basketball, you know. I've, I walk past tennis courts on my walk and I don't really ever see anyone mm. hitting a tennis ball or, Usually you know, there's, there's lots of empty, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, well, it's hard to get in, whereas it's easy to walk up to a local school and with your basketball and that's all you need. Mm. So, yeah, we're thrilled that things are going so well at that grassroots level yeah. um, and, like I said, it's such a strong league. We, we just need to do a far better job of telling all the great stories that we've got. Yeah. Now, I want to just take it back to the TV coverage for a moment and... Um, uh, Andrew and I, uh, and, and you, have come up on a steady diet of ready access to your NRL, AFL, your cricket in the summer, uh, everything being on free-to-air and easy to access. And there's a, a lot of people just assume that uh, a network will approach you, say, hey, we want to broadcast you, here's a bunch of money, when would you like to be on? Um, but that's not how it works, is it? Because the NBL have to pay for their coverage, the ABL... 
if they wanted to get coverage on ESPN this year, I think it's something like upwards of $40,000 a game just to be broadcast. So I guess, can you explain to us why it's not so simple as just being able to get a, get on TV? Yeah, look, you, yeah, you, you nailed it on the head. It's all about money. So uh, for us... You know, running running a competition, we're a national sporting organisation. So, you know, we're not... Unfortunately, we're not a juggernaut like the AFL that makes, you know, $500 million a year. Mm. So, um, it, it literally comes down to dollars and cents. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, we've had some... And just, you know, in my five-odd months in the role, I've been involved in a lot of broadcast discussions already. And there's a huge appetite for the WNBL because, you know, broadcasters are smart. They know what a great game it is. So... Mm. Uh, they would all – we haven't got – we've got plenty of opportunity to get the game broadcast. There's yeah. there's partners out there that would love the game, but we have to pay for production. Mm. So – and you mentioned and that's, the that's number. And that's where the sting is, isn't it? And that's it? where yeah. the sting is because you, your number that you threw out there before is pretty spot on. You'd mm. be – for something, you know, good enough to throw out on a TV now and especially with everyone, you know, wanting high def and things like that, mm. you, you know, you maybe could get something done for 25 and that's just – you know, that's fairly low-level standard stuff. So, mm. you know, basketball, you want to throw in all your graphics and all those sorts of things. They just cost money. So, yeah, before you know it, you're looking at needing 30, 40K to, you know, produce one game of basketball a week. Yeah. So, you know, if there's – I often say if there's any corporate partners out there that want to give me a million bucks, you know, the WNBL <laughs> will be back on TV pretty quickly. Yeah. So, it's, it's quite a – yeah, it's quite simple. We just don't have the money right now, unfortunately. But, yeah – by no yeah. lack of trying and no lack of interest. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't think people quite understand just how much money you do need to mm. contribute towards production costs. Because, like you say, there's, what, four games? If you only want to broadcast four games a week, you're looking at 160 grand for a week. <laughs> yeah. You've got, a what, a, an 18-round season. So you can times that by – times 160 grand by 18, plus your finals and all of that. So – yeah, you need a fairly hefty sack of cash. Well, yeah, you're looking at, like for for that sort of thing. You're looking at three mil basically, and and that's you know without even then starting to think about the amount of money that's needed in the competition to pay players mm. uh, and and to pay advertising, all advertising, marketing, adver- all of that as well. Yeah, and, and what and speaking of the the pain of the the players, there's no. Now, is there a salary cap in the WNBL? No. So, no. so currently at the moment we don't have a salary cap uh, system in place. It's since I came into my role, salary uh, being minimum, the introduction of a minimum salary for our players and also that cap system has been discussed uh, in many different meetings. So we're working really hard with our eight clubs mm-hmm. on yeah, bringing in a salary system that's going to be able to enable the clubs to you know, stay sustainable. That's, that's one of our big challenges moving forward is making sure that all our clubs are sustainable. So, yeah, those discussions are ongoing and, and we'll have some news on that in the near future. And, and the money itself, does that come from each individual club That's rather correct. than the league yep. like it is in, you know, in, in cricket and, and AFL and NRL. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's exactly right. So the clubs are the ones that uh, pay the player salaries. Wow. Mm. So sponsorship is king. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those corporate partnerships uh, are vitally important at club land and hence the reason why, you know, broadcast then starts to become so important because all of yeah. a sudden – and, you know, I went through – I was commercial ops manager at Dandenong when the ABC deal uh, broadcast fell over. Mm. And you know, that was quite painful to have to start to go to sponsors. And, you know, you, you at least – you had three or four games a week at the, that each club sort of got three or four home games a week at that time. And to have that in a prop was, was really appealing for sponsors. And then to have to take that out mm. really mm. hurt. So, yeah, but, you know, it's – chicken and the egg with broadcasts so you know with without broadcast it's hard to bring in sponsors but without sponsors we can't fund the broadcast so we're just stuck in this you know wheel of uh yeah not Mm. really difficult trying to get things done so hence why you know so important that as many people i urge as many people as possible to keep just speaking positively about how great the league is because i want a corporate partner out there to hear about uh, the world-class WNBL and, and come on board and jump on and take the ride with us because, yeah, it's an amazing league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how annoyed were you 
when AFL women's came rolling into town and most of the sports media acted like women's sports had just been invented. You can take a deep breath uh, and, and consi- <laughs> consider your response. Yeah. And, you know, look, I'll say probably what everyone out there that says, first of all, in regards to women's sport is about bloody time. Like, it's, it's mm. amazing that we're f- it feels like we're on the map now. Mm. Um, but in saying that, the WNBL has been going for 36 years. It's been so on the map for a long time. Yeah. We've been on the map for a long time. We probably have just maybe failed to tell our story as well as we should have. So, you know, missed some missed opportunities along the line there. So, for I'm, I'm thrilled for the AFLW. You know, I've got a 13-year-old daughter who's about to go and play footy for the first time uh, this year. So, I'm celebrating all the great achievements by all these leagues. I think the frustration for me has been the fact that basketball seems to be... I don't, the, the media seem to bash us up a little bit mm. and I... I that's probably the frustrating thing for me is I don't understand where that, where that comes from. It's, I don't think a sport should have to be broadcast to have credibility, mm. you know. Mm. So, so for the fact that, yeah, the media seem to pick on us a little bit for the fact that we don't have broadcast or sponsorship, well, mm. you know, it's by, it's, you know, we're, we're trying our hardest in that area. So that's, that probably has been frustrating that... Yeah, AFLW's come in and, yeah, they've got broadcast and they take up all that space in the papers. And mm. so I don't begrudge it at all. I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that females are at least in the paper now. You know, we've, we've struggled for space in, the, in that area for a long time. But, yeah, just I think the, the negative tone of the media towards the WNBL don't quite get where it's, um, why we're getting that uh, negative yeah. tone headed sort of our way. So, mm. and you know, I mentioned it before. We don't we don't have the big brother chipping in millions of dollars to yeah, and millions and millions and millions and millions and broadcasters you know? going, hey, we'll show this for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> so, I, I so think yeah, absolutely no issue with AFLW itself. Like I said, I think it's fantastic that girls growing up now have have so much choice like it's it's really exciting you know I, I look back to when I was growing up and I loved footy like mm. I was the tomboy mm. at school and ran around and played footy and you know the boys at school wanted me to go and join the local footy club mum wouldn't let me because it just wasn't what girls did yeah back in the back in the 80s so you know it's awesome that they're um that they're doing so well but yeah when I sit at a WNBL game last Saturday night and see the Flames score 111 points and um yeah, there's probably not those big scores hitting the uh, AFLW scoreboards right now. I probably get a little bit frustrated. I'd love someone to love the media to get on board and tell our story because mm. it's an awesome one. How how do you do that? Like, and I know it's the uh, the you know billion dollar question. We've spoken to people from um, from baseball mm. in Australia and and um, from uh, soccer and a few other clubs where they've it's there's a lot of not even latent support. There's a lot of mm. support amongst the general public for basketball. People in Australia love it. And how how do you tap into that, I guess, at a an individual level, but then also to get that media to grab on to the to the league? Have you got any sort of like insights as to to what you guys might be able to to do? In the upcoming season, yeah, yeah. Look, in so, in so far, in talking about those basketball fans, we know there's a lot of them out there. You know, mm. we talked before about the numbers at the grassroots level. That's probably an area that we need to start to do a better job in is connecting with those. You know, turning all those families that love basketball into fans at the elite level. Um, how we do that, I don't know. But you know, we've got we've got plenty of working groups talking through ways that we can we can start to do a better job in that area. Mm. I think the boomers this year have shown that how that grassroots connection can mm. really boost your fan engagement and your crowd support. So, so that's the one thing with the media. I, you know, I, I'm at a bit of a loss as to why yeah why we're sort of spoken about in the light that we are. Um, I, well, it's kind of yeah, just a I, sorry. I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, here. It's kind of just a cheap shot, isn't it? It's an easy, easy cheap shot to say. Well, the WNBL is not on TV, so it can't be any good, and I'm not going to bother, mm. you know, giving it any inches. Um, which is, uh, but all, but it goes to frustrating. Some, it goes something to it goes to something that you said last week, AJ, mm. and it was about people being 
sports snobs. Like, yeah. you know, they think that the American leagues in baseball and basketball are better than the Australian leagues, so they don't bother supporting bother. the Australian leagues. When it's the same game... And it's, it's in your it's backyard. Kind of the attitude, particularly with AFLW coming now in the media, and we've spoken about the media just, you know, were pigs at a trough about it, basically. Mm. Um, everything was pushed out. Um, every other women's sport, basically, was pushed off, pushed off the table, and everything was about AFLW. This is in Melbourne, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. You, I think there's, that there's an elite quality league here with elite quality players who have done brilliant things in Australia and for national teams and at Olympics and in the WNBA and over in Europe. The Opals are one of the most successful Australian sporting teams ever. In history, yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> but you, you said that's my exact line. I say yeah. it all the time that, you know, you go back to that first medal at the 96 Olympics and we've medaled at every Olympics since bar, you know, the little mm. hiccup in Rio. So... Yeah, it, yeah, I'm fascinated why the media don't find that an appealing story. Mm. Yet, mm. you know, the um, yeah, I, I scratch my head. I don't, I don't actually have the answer. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe there needs to be a generation of journalists, sports journalists, have daughters who want to play yeah. basketball. So, you know, if Rowan Connolly and Jared Waitley <laughs> and Mark Robinson and Mark Stevens and mm-hmm. I don't, all the other, if they had daughters who played basketball, then, you know, maybe that's how we, sort of, we, can, we can do it. It's, that's fairly long-term yeah. planning. It is long-term planning. Here, yeah, it's, it is. Right. My kids, sorry, you're going to uni, you're doing journalism and you're going to yeah. pump up the WNBL. <laughs> that's it. Oh, look, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough Oh, no, the, the current journos, if their children now are playing, mm. then yeah. they can go, oh, okay, there's, there's more than one sport. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Look, I think you sort of – I was talking about it with um, Jared Potter at Basketball Victoria today, um, a journalist himself, and, yeah, we were having a chat about this exact same thing. And, you know, I think, think one thing, because there's sport – has just dramatically grown in size. Potentially there's a lot of journos out there who are really under the pump and, you know, Mm. are are trying to cover a whole different range of sports and potentially don't know a whole lot about what they're told they have to write about. So, I don't, you know, whether that's an issue as well and that, you know, back in the day, you know, I remember Grantley Bernard used to write in the Mm. Herald Sun Mm. and he was a basketball person and he wrote great stuff about basketball so, you know, let's use Herald Sun as an example. You know, who's the basketball writer at the Herald Sun now? You know, we don't have Grantley there anymore. Mm. So, you know, potentially the papers are just... They've yeah. got journos trying to cover a whole lot of different sports. Well, is there, uh, they're not an expert in necessarily yeah, basketball one Basketball-specific journos, you could probably count on one hand. I guess there's, there's Roy Ward... Over at Fairfax. Yeah, so Roy Ward's doing an awesome job. Megan Husswait, and I'm just yeah. talking Melbourne journos. Yeah. So, mm. you know, there's Amanda Lollam in Sydney who does mm. an amazing job. Townsville, you know, their media support is extraordinary. You know, that's they're, right. they're John, front John Tuxworth's just John gone Tuxworth up there from has Canberra gone over, that. that's yeah. correct. Uh, so, yeah. you know, their coverage is incredible. You know, I went and he was big on the Capitals when he worked at the Canberra Times as well. Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, there are those, yeah, people putting some effort in. But, uh, you know, I think. And having spoken to Roy a little bit, and I don't think I'm saying anything that's, you know, on or off record, but, um, you know, those writers can write the stories, but, you know, the decision, I guess, whether it goes in the paper or not and the size Mm. and, you know, whether we get a photo, I think, comes down to an editorial decision, not... So there's, you know, there's plenty of journos like Roy and Megan and who are doing Mm. just an awesome job, but, you know, how much the size of their article that gets put in the paper is not their decision, unfortunately. And and it does... Particularly, and we, we speak from a, a Melbourne context here because that's where we're based. But you know, you you look at the the new netball league. Who who's the the biggest name in the new netball league? It's the Magpies. It's Collingwood. Hmm. Collingwood sells papers regardless of what sport it is. Uh, they the AFL women's team, Collingwood and Carlton, both got a team when maybe they weren't the best placed to get one, but. They're, they're the old rivals, so they'll, they've got the best opportunity to get in the paper. Maybe, I don't know. Like, oh, I, don't, so, I don't like where this is going. No, 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 no. Just get one of the teams <laughs> to change their name. Like, you know, oh, we're, we're, the, we're the Collingwood uh, Dandenong Rangers now. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Oh, look, and, you know, we, we do talk about those things, but it's difficult because it's like, oh, we're good enough, to, we're good yeah. enough on our own. Yeah. We don't need to leverage. I don't well, feel like thing. we need yeah. to leverage off... 
you know, the AFL or, mm. you know, try and reinvent the wheel. We're just, we're done well, with the way 30, we are. 36 yep. years of quality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Australia's a longest running female league. So yeah. um, we've clearly been doing something right over the years. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, but, you know. So basically all those journos that listen to a sporting discussion, get out <laughs> yeah. there and badger your editors to, to get the, the league on the, yeah. on the back page. Cover some quality. Yeah, now, and, yeah, it's a sh- yeah, it's a shame that you have to be broadcast to be considered mm, credible. Yep. Just, yeah. yeah, frustrating. Right, now, Sally, we've, we've come through the frustrating part of the, <laughs> of the podcast and let's, let's take it down a little bit more. People who go to an, a WNBL game have a brilliant time. The crowds are big, they're raucous, they like to make a bit of noise. It's a great experience for the people there, particularly the kids, and you mentioned about the players who make a point of staying out to meet all the kids, take all the selfies and all of that sort of stuff. So there's a brilliant product there, there's a brilliant sport there. Let's say in five years' time when we swing back and have you back on episode 412 of a sporting discussion, (laughs) what's your perfect scenario for where the WNBL ends up? Yeah, so, look, perfect scenario for us is, you know, we've touched on those things that, you know, quality doesn't need to change. So, we've, we've got the quality. Um, broadcast, I guess, is the, the big one and, and the thing that, you know, the fans want the most and that gets talked about the most. So, yeah, I, I certainly hope that um, we can, yeah, get, get some corporate partners on board that appreciate and love the league and want to, you know, almost start at the beginning with this again and, you know, reinvent the wheel a little bit and help us, yeah, get back on TV. That's the big one. Um, sustainability of our clubs is huge as well. You know, we've we've got eight teams in the competition right now and, and we want to make sure that those teams can stay financially viable moving into the future. So that's a big one, working on that mm. and helping, you know, trying to figure out ways we can assist our clubs in drive revenue uh, is a really big one as well. So... We've been there for 36 years, so I'm pretty confident in four or five years we'll still be, yeah, we'll definitely still be going, but just it'd be great for, great for us to be appreciated for for the great league we are and and get those fans involved and engaged because we know the ones that are turning up each week are loving it. It's, yeah, tapping into that next level of, you know, the family that's deciding what to do on a Saturday afternoon and basketball being front of their mind is something that you know is a great family event not just for the basketball but for the whole you know for the whole event you're going to be entertained and I know I love you know tell a really quick story about I was a a Geelong supporter and I was I knew there was a reason why I liked it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and some of my best memories was I was in the Melcats as a kid so we used to go to mum used to drive us down to Geelong and we'd actually go into the social rooms this was the day when the players would come into the social rooms mm. after games and Billy Brownless would be there drinking his beer and <laughs> I reckon I've got his autograph 50 times in my autograph <laughs> book because you just, as a kid, you love meeting your heroes. Mm. And, you know, I used to – Billy would be like, here you go, Dale, can you hold my beer? And he'd sign my autograph book and it was so <laughs> exciting as a kid. You know, Mark Yates was my favourite player back then, the number 21, and I used to just pester him for an autograph <laughs> week in, week out. So, you know, I look back on those memories and that's what my children now do when we go to a WNBL game, mm. that they get to know the players and they're up close and personal. And for a kid, it's awesome. And for me now as a mum, watching my kids, you know, engage with athletes like that is brilliant. AJ, at the top of the show, I had my tongue firmly planted in my cheek when I said that, as everyone expected, Australia just dominated India and, and, and won the test, test match over there. Anyone who says they tipped an Australian win for any of that test series is lying to your face, Andrew. And if they said they would have done it within three days, well, they were lying to every part of your body. Yes, please refer my earlier statement. <laughs> India cooked up, I guess, what could be called an interesting pitch. The, um, the, the curator said to the Australians, oh, no, it's going to have lots of bounce. It will be like, uh, an, in, like an Australian pitch. Steve Smith in the aftermath said it was the worst pitch he's ever, ever seen in terms of looking and it mm. took spin 
from ball one, which was evidenced <laughs> by the fact that India opened the bowling in the first innings. Ishan Sharma had the first over and then uh, Ravi Ashwin came on. Australia had a spin bowler open the bowling in each of their innings and India had two spin bowlers in, in their second innings open the bowling. So, so you normally expect that in a test in India. You don't expect that Australia wins by 333 runs. You don't expect, for God's sake, that Steve O'Keefe takes 12 for 70. <laughs> you don't expect that Virat Kohli, the world's number one batsman, makes a total of 13 runs. Uh, you don't expect Virat Kohli to leave a Stephen O'Keefe straight ball and watch it cannon into his off stump. Mm. And then just stand, you, then you do expect him to stand on the pitch and go, oh no. Do you know oh what no. you do expect though, Andrew? What's that? If you're out in the middle and nature calls and it's rather urgent, you'd expect to be able to leave the field and uh, take care of what's necessary, would you not? I would think that that would be appropriate, yes. Yes, we're referring to Matt Renshaw here. Which I think Um, was a little bit more than (laughs) nature calling. He was violently ill. Now, Sally, over the course of your decade-long career, you would have played crook, you would have played hurt, you would have played injured, you would have played with the flu, all those sort of things. I'd... But no one would have told you to stay out there and uh, continue no, being ill, would they? No, no, you you wouldn't have <laughs> you wouldn't have thought so. There's some things that unfortunately you just can't control, and yeah, the poor guy. What a what a shocking what situation. A situation. <laughs> so it was both first and second Funny innings. The second innings, us. yeah, the second <laughs> innings he was doubled over throwing up. Yeah, but it was the first innings which I so guess he had a more manly second innings. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> I guess yeah, it was the first innings which caught our eye, in particular. The reaction, not just of, you know, Yahoo's on Twitter going, oh, you've got to stay oh, out that's there. A given. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I would stay out there and defecate all over myself and continue to play cricket. No, you wouldn't. No. Jeez. <laughs> like, you wouldn't have even gone out to bat. <laughs> However, it's the, I guess, you know, the professional commenters, commentators who have come out and said, what, what did Alan Border say? He better be in the room half dead. Yeah, he better be lying on the table half dead. Now, Sally, what sort of garbage is this where people are going on about how someone, you know, a guy who is clearly ill and clearly in a, to put it delicately, a spot of bother, that he should have stayed out there and done the manly thing? Yeah, oh, look. Oh, the manly thing. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, look, you know, oh, it's... Yeah, it's not, you know, sport is sport. I think we can get a bit carried away with actually, yeah, what what's going on, you know. If it's life and death and, mm. and someone's pretty crook, then, yeah, I, uh, I'd certainly be hoping that there'd be staff, you know, taking care of them and making sure that they're, yeah, not half dead on a bed. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, had, we got a tweet. Uh, we got a few tweets from this. So I can't read all of them out because some of them are quite graphic. Uh, <laughs> you can, if you search our timeline at ASD underscore podcast, uh, if you dare. But Anthony Condon uh, said, tweeted us and said, demanding someone risk shooting themselves on international TV is the kind of bullshit masculinity we left in the 80s. Now, if that's the one we let through, people, what do you think the rest of them are? Yeah. Uh, and and also, right. <laughs> it seems... I give as, that one a little love heart like. Yeah. <laughs> it seems as though apparently we didn't leave it in the 80s, though, based on what people mm. are saying. It's just ridiculous. It's just, I can't believe we're talking about it. It's let a man so, shit. It's so stupid. Let a man so shit. Stupid. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ, I'm going to... In private. <laughs> yes. I'm going to very quickly go back to the to the cricket itself. Australia warmed up for this test match over in Dubai. They didn't come to India and play a, a number of uh, lead-up games. Normally, Australia would uh, play a couple of first-class matches, but they thought, and rightly so as it turned out, that they would be presented with pitches that did not resemble the pitch that they would get in the first Ooh. test. Which the the, t- the the couple of the three day game I think they played was on yeah a green bouncy wicket and they were playing on this like horrible dusty dry turning pitch with a plastic chair fielding at short leg because and they just say you just can't hit it to the chair that if you hit it into the chair you're out no uh, it's novel it's a new uh, approach yeah it. It worked. Not only anyone <laughs> got caught at short chair or short leg, sure. but uh, the you, Sally, have you ever had um, at an away at an away game or, or during the Opals during your Opals career? Um, 
skullduggery from your opponents? Like a bus going the wrong way or something like that? Oh, look, no, nothing I can recall. And, you know, like the interesting thing is wherever you play, both teams are playing under the same conditions. I think that's the thing well, I always thing find so yeah. fascinating. You know, a basketball court, it's the same dimensions, but both teams are running up and down the floor, shooting on the same rings, mm. same referees, same conditions. So... Yeah, haven't – don't recall any, you know, and been on some fascinating trips, especially when you, you know, head through Russia and you're stuck on a train for 24 hours trying to get from Moscow to Kiev. You know, you you do get some hairy things <laughs> thrown at you as an athlete and yeah. things that you have to deal with. But, you know, we're all professional. You know, we're all professional and you deal with things as they come and – yeah, no you, excuses, I say. You, you've, you've, you've never had the opposition fans camp outside your hotel playing bongos like yeah. has been experienced, like a number of, uh, of soccer teams well, have experienced the, that. No, never anything to that extreme. Or setting off a the long, alarm. A long, long, long time ago, I think Andrew Goes went and played in Greece and he was saying the, the crowds used to ping coins at the op- op- Heat at them up with opponents. their lighters is what I what? heard. And yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, oh, that's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> as you know, as everyone was smoking in yeah. the stadium and you're trying to play through the smoke and uh, it used oh, to actually wow. happen in the WNBL when we would play the boomers at the old Veneto Club. Oh, and I think yeah, you'd have all the guys yeah, playing yeah. bocce who were all, oh. this is back oh. in the day before, you know, smoking laws came in. Yeah. And I'd never forget sitting on the bench one day going, what is going on? I can <laughs> smell smoke. And it's like, yeah, the old old dudes are playing bocce out on the other court and having a... Having a dart. So, you know, we're all... Yeah, That's an we've, occupational we've, hazard. Yeah, yeah, we've all experienced some fun stuff here now um, yeah, in sporting lives. But, yeah, no excuses. No excuses. I And the no excuses is sort of not really what, what Verrett Coley came up with after the test. He said, when asked about Steve O'Keefe taking six for 35 in both innings, he said, even part-time bowlers will get wickets if you bat poorly. That's not really showing much respect is to... That- to, St- to Stephen O'Keefe. Does it matter? If oh. it, that's the sort of stuff we'd expect our Aussie batsman to say. That sounds like the sort of stuff mm. that goes on when my hubby's playing vets on a Sunday. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, they, they, yeah, yeah. They, they, you always go out to a rubbish ball. <laughs> I have a friend who I'm not going to name who has been out LBW at least 80-something times in his career. Every single time it was not out. And anyone who ever made a good score against him was swinging from the arse and just getting a lot of, a lot of lucky edges. So it, 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 yeah, cricket, all right. cricket lends itself that. to that sort of attitude. I'm, I, I'm not sure if it's the same person, but I've given out uh, someone at LBW when they were adamant that, uh, that they were not on a number of occasions, actually. The second test in Bengaluru starts on Saturday as Australia try to win in... India for the first time since 2004, I believe. All right, I'm going to take a segue here. Yes. You ready? Yep. Now, the first test result was a pleasant surprise. It was. No doubt about that. Why don't we talk about some times when our low sporting expectations were pleasantly pleasantly exceeded? Oh, okay. Yes. We also put this out to the people on facebook.com slash a sporting discussion and at ASD underscore podcast on Twitter. Almost nearly forgot that again. Andrew, you want to kick us off? Well, I, I guess mine and the two Geelong supporters opposite me at this table might not like this Yeah, re- recall this one carefully. It's the 2008 mind. AFL grand final where Hawthorne were not expected to do... So well that season, they weren't expected to make the grand final, they weren't expected to win the grand final. They did, and it was pleasantly surprising for me. Not familiar with that occasion. Anything else? No, I don't. I no, think 2008's, yeah, I've yeah, erased yeah. I've got that a, memory. I do have another one from 2008, and this is a, a slightly weird one. It's the Rajasthan Royals winning the inaugural Indian Premier League cricket competition Mm. the reason why i find it so you know it it tickles me so is that they significantly or by a significant margin paid the least amount for all of their players they i I can't even remember the hundreds of thousands of and millions of dollars that they paid less than the second bottom team so as a win over um, capitalism yeah what exceeded if, your expectations well yeah yeah I'm, I don't, I'm not good on my economic and political political history so i don't know if that's right <laughs> but yeah basically the team that was just made up of a lot of scrappy cheap players overcoming all of the the super wealthy teams oh nice one yeah sally you got a couple got any 
I don't know if I if I do have any. Look, you know, the if we're going to talk footy, that first flag that I ever got to see in in my lifetime was was pretty special. And mm. I think after the tough time the Geelong Footy Club had been, you know, going through for a long time, you know, going through those internal reviews and seemed like they were, yeah, heading down a path that wasn't a very good one to turn it around uh, and win that first flag. That was a super special moment for me in my life and mm. I got to sit with my mum at the game and and enjoy, yeah, enjoy a pretty landmark. You know, you, you sort of – with people watching footy, you know, there's still people out there that have never seen their team win a flag and you really mm. feel for them and I was one of those for a long time. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's – that's a special one for me. Can I can I throw one at you? What about the Junior World Champs in 1993 in Seoul, Australia's first basketball gold medal ever at a world championship? <laughs> Would that be something – were you expected to, to perform well at those games? Yeah, look, I, th- I think our expectation was nothing less than the gold. Okay. We, yeah, so probably wasn't a shock. We, we had a, a pretty amazing group of girls and we'd had a, a – a stellar preparation as well. We were together as a squad for three or four years leading into the, the World Champs. We'd been on a lot of tours together and um, so, yeah, I think for us especially uh, the expectation was that we wouldn't have been happy if we bought anything less than a gold home. So, okay. yeah, that one, yeah. not that well, that's one. That's a good one. That's a but pleasant that's, meeting yeah. of expectations. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah, when you're on the world stage and, you know, you're playing against in a global sport and, you know, teams like the USA and are in a... In your competition, yeah, mm. there's always potentially doubt, but in our mind, there never was. Mm. Yeah, excellent. AJ, are you going to uh, mirror Sally's 2007 AFL Grand Final as your? Well, I did have that the premiership, not the grand final, because by that stage, if we didn't win that, my God, I don't know. What oh I yeah, done. but um, <laughs> the Geelong missed the finals the year before had yep. been reasonably ordinary and I think I think I think it was five rounds in or something like that. They were two and three and not doing very well at all. And then came the And then they played Richmond. You know, they played Richmond, beat them by thirty odd goals. Yeah. And every I think it was something like nineteen from twenty after that. So that was that was a pleasant exceeding of expectations because I didn't really have any. Yep. Um but I also say last year's Raiders. Oh yeah. Last yeah. year's Canberra Raiders. I didn't expect you know, I thought Hopefully make the finals, but they were within a dropped pass of uh, making the grand final. But the big one for me was the Canberra Cavalry in 2013. Oh, yes. won the ABL title and then went over to play in the Asia Series, uh, which was... Let me try to remember here without looking at my notes. Um, It's like the champions from uh, Taipei, uh, Taiwan, all those sort of places, and, um, and then ended up winning it. And winning an extraordinary amount of local dollars, which when translated to Australian dollars wasn't all that much. But um, <laughs> they were the first Australian team to win that. And that was well and truly not expected because of the, uh, the way Aussie teams had fared before. AJ, that will do us for episode 49 of A Sporting Discussion. This is the part where I would normally have asked Sally Phillips where we can watch the WNBL finals. However... We asked Sally Phillips that half an hour ago. We got a wonderful response. And then when we went to save the episode, that bit of audio just disappeared. The joys of technology. So you can head... It was a really good section too. (laughs) It was. Both the Perth Lynx and the Townsville Fire will be streaming their finals matches via YouTube. So search for that and watch them there. The WNBL will actually be broadcasting the final series on Facebook Live. Yeah, three games live on Facebook Live, funnily enough, um, on dates yet to be confirmed from venues yet to be confirmed. That all depends how this week goes. And remember that if there is anything that you would like us to talk about or if you'd like to take us to task over anything that we discussed in this week's show, get in contact with us via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. We will do our very best to sign off tweets or comments with either AJ for himself, AJ Mithen, or AD for myself, Andrew Donison. Tell your friends to subscribe to a sporting discussion on whatever podcast service they use. We recommend you listen via Wooshka, the lovely folk who host our audio, either on their app or their desktop site. Make sure you leave us a review. 
We love reviews. We need the ego stroke, particularly if you listen via iTunes. Uh, we want to game that chart and get up a little bit higher, get get our content to a wider audience segment. Mm, mm. Yes. Speaking of content, AJ, are you going to write any content at all about <laughs> rugby league or have you got writer's block? I've got mass writer's block. I'm supposed to do my first things to look for for the season for NRL season 2017 is due tomorrow, so I've got some thinking to do. Right. Uh, a reasonably more straightforward one is Ford One is going to be a match preview for Souths v West, which is the Friday night late game. Uh, that will I will be live blogging that on the raw.com.au from about a quarter to eight on Friday night. We will tweet out all of the links to, to that over the next couple yes, of days. As we will also tweet out, Andrew, uh, some spruiking for you, appearing on 3RRR FM in Melbourne Mondays, 7.15am with the Breakfasters. Yes, indeed. And loving every minute of trying to talk cricket and <laughs> getting nothing, but they that's just, okay. They don't care. They, they don't, don't care, care about cricket. No, speaking of cricket, tune in on Saturday from 3pm, whitelinewireless.com or download the Mixler app and you can search for Whiteline Wireless there. I may or may not be calling. Um, that is yet to be confirmed, but if I am, I'm sure I will try to do a better job than last time. That'll do. We've had enough. We've recorded oh, this outro too many times. Yes, I really Thank- hope we don't have to use this one. <laughs>